1: Welcome back. It is volume three of the NFC East mixtape. I am RJ Ochoa. He is Brandon Lee Gotten, aka BLG. You're listening to us on the blog and the boys and bleeding green nation podcast networks, the greatest crossover in the history of all things BLG. What up
2: RJ? I'm really excited for this episode. This is like the most juice-filled episode we've had. Yeah, I know we had Ed on last week, and that was very exciting. But, you know, the draft is here and done, and now we have so many things to get into. So we are going to recap
1: uh, what every NFC East team did in the 2020 NFL draft, and this is a bit of a, an unusual request given uh, the uniqueness of the show, uh, but wherever you're listening, whether it's the Block and the boys podcast network, the bleeding green nation podcast network, make sure you are subscribed on your preferred podcast platform, leave a rating write or view those things help us out but make sure you do BTB first.
2: Well, on that note, though, I think it's a good opportunity for Cowboys fans who probably haven't already left a review. You know what I mean? So I'm assuming I just this just popped in my head. RJ, you have Cowboys fans have already left ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts for BTB, And same thing with BGN, Eagles fans for BGN. So go on the other podcast feed and leave a review if you like the NFC mixtape as well. So you can do that, too. That's a great way to put it. Um, Also, this is a rare thing.
1: BLG and I are talking for the second time today. We're recording on May the 4th, uh, maybe with you, BLG. Uh, but um, we recorded a special crossover edition on the SB Nation NFL show. We recapped the entire NFL uh, with our buddy Stats. And so um, we took a break. Obviously, we had some work to do. So what did you have for lunch? I had some
2: empanadas, actually, that were okay. really good. Well, what, what, yeah. what kind? So there's a place here. I give him a nice shout out uh, called El Secreto in Philly. Where it's like, they're not even like a, a full business, you know, like they don't have like a place. It's just like a couple. I think they're making it. They're doing it through Instagram. And uh, it's really good. So they actually had a buffalo chicken one and a Philly cheesesteak one. And then there's a uh, strawberry cheesecake one as well. All very, very good
1: i actually uh i'm glad you brought up philly cheese sticks and this ties into the 2020 nfl draft so uh we'll talk about the cowboys in a moment um you know what let's let's flip the script let's talk about the eagles first <laughs> Devontae smith obviously headlines of the class landon dickerson milton williams Zach mcpherson blg it's actually zach it looks like zach but it is Zach. right zach kenneth gainwell the running back out of memphis now everybody in the nfc east has a memphis running back except for the new york giants uh marlon Tui piloto Taryn Jackson, Jacoby Stevens, and Patrick Johnson. I want to talk about Devonte Smith, A, because the Cowboys made it possible for the Eagles, but B, because speaking of the SB Nation NFL show, during the week of the Super Bowl, I interviewed him for our feed over there. And because I'm a good friend and a good coworker, ultimately, I basically begged him to give me an answer about the Eagles. Because at the time, the Eagles held the sixth overall pick, which I think it was a great pick because I think the Eagles got their guy ultimately, you know, six more picks later. Um, but um, I begged him to give me anything on the Eagles because I thought if I get something great, BLG is going to take it and run with it. Lo and behold, he gave me nothing. Nothing. I even asked about Philly cheesesteaks. He said he had like no desire for Philly cheesesteak. Then I see him tweeting after he gets drafted by the Eagles asking for advice on a Philly cheesesteak. What a fraud in my mind.
2: I cannot be happier, RJ, that Devontae Smith is on the Eagles. He was the guy I wanted, as you know. He was the pick. I, I said it last week when we were doing the NFC mixtape and we talked about best case, worst case scenario. And for me, best case was Devontae Smith. Although I, I believe you and Ed also said it was the best case for the Eagles to get Devontae Smith. Interesting. I think you guys are gonna regret that. Devontae has made a career on proving people wrong at every turn. So feel free to keep doubting him because this guy's gonna be awesome. I do
1: think it was um it's a he's not you know this flashy dude um maybe the most low profile eagles wide receiver of the century i I mean i don't know you uh, certainly of like legitimate caliber right like i'm you know i'm not talking like your fifth dude on the depth chart um i i love his super quiet personality i think it was a great idea you know for philly to get him i think a really great idea to see if he can elevate jalen hurts to determine whether he is the guy moving forward um overall i do Unfortunately, think the Eagles had a great draft. We're gonna assign grades. Um, you can take them as letter grades or numerical grades if you want. We have prepared both because uh we're extremely versatile, like Micah Parsons, no big deal. Uh I BLG gave the Eagles draft class a grade of 90, the highest grade I assigned in the NFC. East. Yeah, you were higher on them than I
2: was, which is uh interesting. Uh I think
1: because they didn't find- mess it up. Like and, and they got the guy like like I I joked about, but they got the guy that you wanted at six at 12. I mean, by picking up future draft capital. And I mean, yes, they had to give up a third round pick to the Cowboys to move up from 12 to 10. I would give that up no matter what to go get my guy. But beyond that, the Eagles ensured that they would have Devontae Smith and that the Giants would not because if they had not done that trade, maybe the Cowboys take Micah Parsons or whatever at 10, but they're not taking Devante. And I don't know if maybe the temptation of the trade that New York got that we'll get into, you know, would have swayed them out of taking Devante. But either way, Philadelphia made sure that they got him and that was really smart
2: would you rather have Jalen Waddle or would you rather have Devontae Smith and a 2022 first round pick um probably Devontae Smith and a 2022 first round pick
1: yeah but but the Dolphins were bored of first round picks dude like that's the thing like they don't they don't need first round picks anymore that that is an interesting way to look at it though and that I, I, But I, I kind of agree with myself in that Miami wanted their guy, right? And they ensured that they got their guy. Um, And so this is just Philadelphia's guy. And you've been saying for a long time that – and I agree with this as well, which sucks that he is kind of in the Justin Jefferson mold of like people overthink the draft and people forget like why this, this dude won the Heisman. Like it's so hard to win the Heisman as a wide receiver and he did it.
2: He's the first non-quarterback to win the Heisman since who? Well, I can't remember non quarterback, but I think Desmond Howard was the last receiver to do it. And that was like 25 years ago or something. It was a right. long time ago, over 20 years ago. And everything you read about Devonte Smith in terms of like, like anonymous scouts, and it's just like, there's people, uh, RJ that Albert Breer talked to around like the Alabama program that feel like Devonte Smith is literally like the best player they've ever been around. And that's crazy coming from Alabama. Like I get, you know, a university is going to hype up their own guys, but that's like beyond like, Oh, we really love this guy. That's like effusive praise. Also uh, Albert Breer cited a bunch of SEC defenders um, or you cited a GM who talked to a bunch of sec defenders over the course of the draft process. And they asked all of them, like, who was the toughest guy to cover? And everyone said, Devante Smith, Jacoby mm-hmm. Stevens, who the Eagles drafted in the sixth round, um, also said the same thing. It was Devante Smith. Uh, so, I mean, this guy is a baller. The Eagles haven't been able to get receiver right ever. RJ pretty much in terms of at least drafting and developing guys this was like their best chance to do it. And that's why it's such a big deal. They got this guy because they weren't ever going to like pass on a receiver in the first round and then figure it out somehow later. That wasn't going to happen. Like this is the only way it was going to happen. If It was going to happen. And that's why it's so exciting.
0: Well,
1: um, so looking this up, by the way, uh, you're right. Desmond Howard was the last wide receiver to win the Heisman Trophy. But this century, which was the the time frame I stipulated, the only non-quarterback Heisman Trophy winners in 2005, Reggie Bush, obviously 2009, Mark Ingram, and in 2015, Derek Henry. So you're talking about your non-quarterback Heisman Trophy winners, generally pretty baller type players in the NFL. Mark Ingram, I guess, aside. Although if if Devonte Smith had Mark Ingram's career at wide receiver, I don't think you would be disappointed ultimately.
2: Running back's a little different too. You know, going from right. college to the NFL, it's just it's not it's not the same. You know, you it could be more impactful in college than it is in the NFL. um Looking at the rest of the draft real quick, though, I just the reason why I didn't give it as high as a grade as you. Although maybe I should be including, you know, the trade more into it. Cause I know you did do that here for the giants in in the rundown. You specifically, you know, noted how they picked up the Chicago's first rounder. Um, You know, you would have to include the dolphins first rounder by the same standard. Um, But the Leonard Dickerson pick is why I kind of knock it down a little bit because, like I like his upside in theory. I get it if he works out, but like, how are we just assuming that's going to happen? This is a guy with two ACL tears, with two season-ending uh, ankle injuries in two different years. Like, how can we, and they're they're coming? He's coming to the Eagles, by the way, who have like injury issues every year. So like, I'm just assuming like he's going to be fine. Like, no, I, I get the pick in terms of like Jason Kelsey could be moving on as soon as next year and they need to start thinking about that spot but i also think like what is the upside of this pick in terms of value like for for this pick to have to be successful landon dickerson can't just be like a good center he has to be like a top three center in the nfl for this pick to be like appropriately valued yeah but this is look
1: that's that's fair and it's a second round pick and so i mean you expect it to to perform unless you're the Cowboys obviously with the way they treat theirs but I I think I don't I really don't get the vitro like I, I saw a lot of Eagles fans really 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 upset and I feel like I think this happens too like the Devonte Smith pick is such a home run that then the expectation becomes like this is going to be the feeling that we have after every pick like give it time like give it time and center is a need for the Eagles like you know very quickly it will be a need I mean so again I really what's your
2: what's your least favorite pick
1: is it it, it can't be that it really cannot be that. I, I think it, it is
2: just, I think it is just based on the the downside. I think there's really like, it just seems to me like the downside almost outweighs the upside at least in terms of likelihood too. again, like, I just want to stress that like, if he's just a good starting center, then that's not a great pick. Like it's not a disaster of a pick, but it's probably just like, it could be like a C minus of a pick. It's just the return on value. I don't know that it's, it's, it's great as the Eagles think it is. And uh, yeah, that's why.
1: But would you have rather had them?
2: Um, so there are other options on the board. Um, you know, JOK was still there. Sure. Um, I can't think off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Sante Samuel Jr. was still there. Sure. Um, there's a lot of different options they could have gone. I I was actually doing a locker room with uh, Seamus Clancy, who's on the, the Weeding Your Nation podcast feed, before the, the – the Landon Dickerson pick. And I was like, there's so many good options on the board here. I'm like, I just, I think they can't go Landon Dickerson just because of the injury thing. So I think there's a kind of a bunch of different ways it could have gone where I really, I wasn't even like clamoring for one person. I just didn't think they could do it with him mm. just because of the risk, but they did. So we'll see. Uh, you overall great for the Eagles draft. Yeah. So I gave them an 84. I've been hovering between that B minus B range. I think the most important thing about the Eagles draft is they didn't galaxy brain it this year. They didn't overthink it. They kind of just went chalk. A lot of the picks were pretty in line with consensus rating, which is I think good. Like they, cause they've gotten away for that too much, especially last year. Like they didn't overthink it. They added a bunch of players. I, I think, Eagles fans are kind of griping that they didn't add enough help at linebacker. They didn't add a cornerback uh, other than, you know, Zach McPherson. And that was on day three and I get it, but like the Eagles were never going to fix their whole roster, which is flawed in one draft. So mm-hmm. in general, I don't think this is like a home run draft, but I think it's definitely above average. So that's where I come down on a B. All right. A
1: composite score of 174 overall, a very high bar set uh, for the Eagles here on the NFC East mixtape. Um, I suppose now is the time to talk about the Cowboys. I know you're very excited about this, BLG. Uh, Quickly, uh, 11 picks the Cowboys made. They entered with 10, but obviously picked up the 11th uh, from Philly. I really am surprised that they didn't trade up a single time that they actually picked 11 players. Uh, But still, Micah Parsons, Kelvin Joseph, three third-round picks. Osa, Adigizua, Chauncey Golston, Nashawn Wright, Jabril Cox, and Josh Ball both in the fourth round. Simi Fahoko, the physical freak out of Stanford in the fifth. Quentin Bohana and israel mukuwamu in the sixth and matt Farniak, a guard at nebraska in the seventh round um i'll go ahead and let you go first because i'm that
2: nice some good names in here by the way just like really really love some of these just like on we were we were live uh on our youtube channel throughout it all lots of you know lots of
1: internal stress like trying to pronounce these correctly like while you're on live and you got to get it right on your first shot so uh thanks for attacking my deepest insecurity
2: Uh, None more favorite than Nashawn Wright, which I'm going to be saying, nah, son, wrong, because this Cowboys draft class isn't very good. I gave them a like just a a C plus I give them a 77 and uh there's just a lot of things I don't like here in terms of those reaches that you kind of talked about you outlined on the SB Nation NFL show uh and then I think Parsons just the positional value isn't there I mean you yourself I know you said the dynamic changed. I get it but you literally did say that Micah Parsons would be your nightmare pick or at least the pick you didn't want to see the most Uh, I want to this is my thing this is my biggest question for you RJ coming out of this draft you know you like to brag About how the Cowboys are America's team. A lot of people like to brag, and I'm not trying to make you specifically answer for this because you're not drafting these players. I understand that, but like it just, it's weird to me that um like that's the the perception you know like of the cowboys america's team but like how do they get away with adding all these players like with off the field issues and like some of these you can't even say they're accusations like they are in some cases but like josh ball was found guilty of like dating violence and like when you read into the specifics of some of these things like they're really not good and even just the accusations of others are are pretty serious here so uh i don't love that i think that's important when trying to build a team you have these players and i feel like they've you know burned the cowboys in the past in some cases you know obviously look at greg hardy maybe it's an extreme example but i just it just rubs me the wrong way i can't feel good about that
1: yeah i mean so their first two picks micah parsons obviously i think a lot of you can tell me if i'm wrong i think a lot of eagles fans are penn state fans so probably familiar with micah parsons and, and um the character issues at penn state uh for what it's worth James Franklin vouches for him. That goes a long way in my mind. Like that's not just like a random, you know, college football coach, you know, vouching for a player. Um, and and all of his football character issues seem to be exemplary. But again, like off the field does matter. Uh, Kelvin Joseph, obviously coming out of Kentucky, uh, was basically kicked out of LSU. And so you, you wonder like, you know, what you have to do to get kicked out of LSU and really didn't finish a Kentucky. And so um, you wonder about somebody who maybe has a little bit of a, of a high thought around themselves uh entering america's team right like that's a very volatile combination potentially but the cowboys say they looked into it and before we go further i do think those are different than than the josh ball character concerns i think that those are very unique um with regards to josh ball but i mean we were at at the end of friday night kind of wondering you know cowboys fans everywhere okay this is a team that you know they've all said the cowboys brass We we want to you know commit to a culture change of sorts, et cetera. And then so for those to be their first two picks is definitely different. Now you have the Cowboys fan take that is well this is a change right there there there's no more right kind of guy that was jason garrett's like hallmark phrase was get the right kind of guys whatever uh he very very notably did not like the signing of greg hardy and and had issues with players like that um and obviously the cowboys are dealt with suspension issues i believe uh they now have uh with their latest corner suspended uh this is their seventh out of the last eight years uh having a defensive player suspended to start the season uh so it's just kind of the way it, it goes but Uh, So it's definitely interesting. Like it's, it's a fair data point to sort of encircle the Josh ball thing is tough. I mean, there's, there's no, there's, I mean, I don't think anyone's like lining up to defend him uh, certainly, but I mean, in terms of who he is as a football player. Sure. He's their developmental tackle and that's really all you can say about it. Uh, but, but the Cowboys, again, they said in their post-draft press conference that they feel comfortable, et cetera. Uh, he had a comment on uh, the home of the Cowboys. One of the fan when he was first drafted that really did not land well with Cowboys fans uh, in terms of uh, atoning for his, the allegations around him. And so um, it's tough. And so, I mean, we can only wait and see how the Cowboys handle that because that they have, you know, decided to make this part of their lifestyle now um, in terms of, their defensive infusion, uh, because Josh Ball was actually their first offensive player taken. They, they spent their first six players on defense, the first time in franchise history that they did that. I did want to bring something up to you, BLG. Somebody actually, after you and I recorded the SB Nation NFL show on Tuesday, uh, reminded us at Blocking the Voice of an article that Connor Livesey, one of our talented writers, uh, one of our draft analysts, he was on with us all throughout our, our shows over the weekend. Uh, he wrote this on November 18th, 2020. I'm going to slack this to you so you can see it while we're talking. Uh, It is basically saying the Cowboys should consider taking Micah Parsons uh, within the first round of the 2021 NFL draft. The argument is laid out entirely how if the Cowboys are going to take a linebacker in the top 10, which is not necessarily the best value, this is the one to focus on. And this was before JC Horn or Patrick Sertan or even Kyle Pitts had declared for the draft. Uh, But. I think I think we got as Cowboys fans got so locked in on the two corners that that's how we poo pooed the idea of Micah Parsons. I I really am excited about the the infusion at, at the linebacker position, especially with Jabril Cox. Especially, I I never want to, and I'm sure you agree, I never want to root for somebody to get cut. But I really thought the Cowboys could have sent a message by moving on from Jalen Smith this offseason, that they were not settling anymore. And they have done that, at least, in a different way. Um, they're no longer just letting their sunk costs overrule every decision they're making. And that's good to see, which is evidenced by the fact that they didn't pick up Leighton Van Der Esch's fifth-year option.
2: I did definitely did like the Jabril Cox pick for you guys. I thought that was a nice pick up on day three. Um, a lot of Eagle Sands wanted him potentially in the third round. On Parsons, it almost like when you were talking about him there, it just kind of drew a parallel to the Dickerson thing for me. Like for Parsons to have to, for Parsons to be a good pick for the Cowboys, I feel like he has to be like an elite linebacker. Like he can't just right. be a good linebacker or like a really good linebacker. Even. He has to be like elite level linebacker, and that's kind of what's kind of come up with the Cowboys in the past in terms of positional value, and not just in terms of drafting guys, although. Yes, with Zeke, but also then eventually having to pay those guys down the road, which, you know, you don't have to necessarily think about right now. But it's, it's you know, when you're talking about long term roster building, it's it's something you're considering. So uh, one thing I said to you on the SB Nation NFL show today, the podcast uh, was that and, and something documented here, not just, you know, this isn't just hindsight. I said this last week here in the NFC East mixtape that my biggest fear for the Cowboys going into this year's draft was they were going to help fortify the offensive line with an early pick. Maybe it was a Rashawn Slater or if Sewell fell. That would be my worst case scenario because I think if the Cowboys offense, which, you know, looks very good on paper, but if it's, if it's going to be undone somehow, it's, you know, either going to be Dak getting hurt or, you know, him not being fully healthy, but that ties into an offensive line protecting him. And I think the Cowboys are kind of overestimating what they have on their offensive line right now. I mean, there's a best case scenario where, you know, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Le'all Collins come back from injury and they're fine, they don't miss any time. And then great, yeah, then they, they made the right call. But I think that's risky. And I also just think when you're looking at historical precedent and you're looking at Tyron Smith not playing a full season since 2015, well, maybe not the smartest idea to bank on that. And it's not like, they necessarily had to get one in the first round, you know, there, there were other, other options before waiting until taking Josh ball of all people to finally take on the offensive line. So that's where I'm actually kind of, that's why I graded their draft lower. I think they needed to play into their strength and make sure they keep a strength of strength. I think they, it is the classic sin of an NFL team. The Eagles do this too, where you overcorrect. And I think that's what they kind of do with, with all these defensive picks. So I think, um,
1: i would term it a little bit differently i think they're just more comfortable betting on the status of their offensive linemen they're all pro pro bowl offensive linemen than they are jalen smith and leighton vanderish and i slightly disagree in that micah parsons has to be elite to justify the pick in the sense that they got sniped right away you know if if they had taken micah parsons over patrick Sertan or jc horn i would agree entirely with you but because i mean like it is very conceivable that he truly, and they're saying that Micah was the highest graded defensive player on their board. I don't think anybody's buying that, but I think that he certainly was at the point that they were first on the clock at 10 overall. And so like, in that sense, like you're just making lemonade out of lemons. Like that's just a draft sometimes, like that it goes that way. Um, And so to maybe add to your point uh, about the offensive line, that you're talking only about the tackle situation. Granted, you mentioned Zach Martin, but Connor Williams, Cowboys left guard, is in a contract year and really hasn't been all too great since they drafted him in 2018. Uh, they did, you know, draft Heather Biadish last year with another trade with the Eagles of all teams. And their right guard situation is obviously, you know, stable in Zach Martin, but you never know. And their only like true line of depth at at guard is Connor McGovern, who they drafted in the third round two years ago, also out of Penn state who really hasn't done anything for them. And so like a year from now, you're talking about, you might not have a left guard and you might also be dealing with these issues at tackles. Like who knows, but there there are a lot of question marks, but it kind of goes back to your point about the Eagles. Like you can't fix everything in one fell swoop. And so, I think if, if, if they're comfortable having a weakness, it might be this. And I think I would rather be weak there because I do trust Dak to kind of figure it out. Uh, granted, last year he got hurt, but generally speaking, he has found a way to make it salvageable on offense. But the, de- the defense just had such a larger gap to even get
2: to being mediocre that I, I understand their thought process. Yeah, I just think if the Cowboys are going to be like Super Bowl contenders, if they're going to be really good this year, it's going to be because of their offense. I don't think it's because, wow, well, the defense really improved right and especially like just because of draft picks like i don't i don't see that as realistic i think that's not to say they shouldn't have addressed their defense in the draft they absolutely should have but i also think they didn't get off to offensive line early enough when they reasonably could have while also still trying to work to improve the defense so you had them graded with what i gave them an
1: 84 which is um has has shined a little bit brighter over the last couple of days, specifically because of what they did they did on the third day. Granted, the Josh Ball pick was, you know, a difficult one to stomach that day, but the Jabril Cox pick went a long way, especially in that it now gives them a really obvious escape route from Jalen Smith and Layton Vanderesh. Um, you know, Kelvin Joseph, a lot of people had rated as the third corner in the draft. Granted, that was a day two pick. Um so I, I think some, some things have to happen for, for this to really click for them, but I think they got legitimate talent, some nice depth. So I give them – they're kind of in a B-minus spot for me, so 84 is my overall spot.
2: So that's – between our combined score, that's actually lowest in the division. We had the Eagles at 174, which is like a B-plus. So you right. average it out. That was second highest. Cowboys were last at 161 with a B-minus. Because you gave them – you didn't specify. I, I thought I did. I gave them a 77, I believe mm. I said earlier. The
1: Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1977, by the way.
2: Hmm. Deal. Yeah. Um, is it the last okay. time? I can't remember.
1: Wow. Anyway. Uh, okay. So, yeah. Eagles uh, had the highest composite score by our grade. The Cowboys had the lowest composite score. So, that leaves the Washington football team uh, and the, uh, the New York Giants left. Let's go ahead. Oh, the Eagles, I'm sorry, did not have the highest composite score. The New York Giants had the highest composite score by our grade. So, let's talk about them. Uh, the best team in the NFC East as far as the draft is concerned in our minds. Uh, they trade out of 11 because they get sniped by virtue of the Cowboys and Eagles with Devontae Smith at 10 overall. Uh, Dave Gettleman, for the first time ever, moves back. Uh, This was not a scenario that we anticipated for obvious reasons, and obviously Ed didn't either. Uh, Kadarius Toney, their first-round pick, that specific pick did feel like a we've got to walk away with a wide receiver, let's just take one
2: type thing. But
1: the trade with Chicago is really the headliner of their overall draft, which is important to say.
2: I think it's funny, like, if you look at the Raiders draft, I think a lot of people, sometimes there's years where, like, there's a player, a team takes in the first round, they're like, well, what the heck is that? It's a reach. But then they get a guy in the second round that's like, "Well, wait, that guy could have gone in the first. Right. And a lot of people are saying that with the Raiders, with uh, JOK and Alex Weather- Le- Le- Leatherwood, like, if you just swap those two picks, you'd like them. And that almost kind of applies to me here, with the Aziz Larry right. uh, in the second round. And Because I thought Tony was a reach. I thought that was a totally a sign that, I mean, the Giants panicked to some extent. I feel like with that, or at least they they reached at least, maybe not panic, but they reached with that pick. I mean, Dave Gettleman trades down for the first time ever when Devontae Smith goes off the board. And then they take a wide receiver at 20. Um, Now they they did get good value, very good value in the trade down with Chicago because obviously the Bears were desperate to get up to get Justin Fields. And as we talked about on the SB Nation NFL show, like, That kind of scares me. I think it's the scariest thing that any other NFC East team did. I mean, obviously, the very scariest thing is the Eagles getting Devontae Smith. But the scariest thing that any Eagles opponent did uh, in the division this year was the Giants getting that twenty twenty or 2022 first rounder because I feel like that gives them an opportunity to pivot away from Daniel Jones, which this is, let's face it, you know, make or break year for Daniel Jones, but it could be a situation where like the roster kind of looks good. Like everything around Daniel Jones is kind of like, there's good signs here, but Jones like just isn't it. Like he's just not the guy. So maybe they take that, they find a way to get Russell Wilson, who we've heard connected to the Giants in the past. So so that's like even be just going beyond the picks, other than I think Ojolari is a really good pick um for them, which is probably my favorite pick. I, I just I, I look at the possibility of Russell Wilson joining the division here, RJ, and I'm I'm terrified. So first of all, um
1: I'm just saying on the subject of scariest things to happen in the division, the last time the Cowboys drafted a linebacker in the first round was the last time that they swept the Eagles. That specific linebacker had an interception during his first game at Philadelphia. Uh, The Cowboys also beat the Eagles in overtime a few weeks later. um, And the Cowboys won the division. So, again, these are all just facts. Uh, But, um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I hadn't thought about that, you know, until you brought it up that now New York has two first-round picks next year. Philadelphia already has two and might have a third if the Carson Wentz situation works out for the Colts. Um, and so I don't know if everyone can hear my dog barking in the back, but he is—he um, has thoughts on Russell Wilson. And his name is Bears, we've talked about many times. And so the Bears, though, are now, like, out of the Russell Wilson race, which is why, obviously, now he needs a new home. And we didn't talk about this earlier. We'll talk about it in a second. I, I honestly think any non-Cowboys team, like, I think the top – three Russell Wilson destinations in 2022 are the non Cowboys teams in the NFC East like any of the three teams could make sense for Russell Wilson. Uh, But the Giants now have the capital because they have Chicago's first round pick and it might end up being bad. It might end up being great. And I think the other potentially scariest thing that applies to the Giants and the Eagles specifically uh, with regards to this particular, you know, I guess pick or move that the Giants made is if Justin Fields is awesome. Like if he truly is this elite franchise quarterback and if Jalen Hurts is okay or Daniel Jones is okay, I think it, it softens that blow. But especially if they are bad or if, if they say bad they get worse whatever the fact that and even if Devonte smith is is greater and even if canary's tony's greater whatever i mean like it is going to be viewed as these teams passed on justin fields in the name of doing something else because they were content at the quarterback position for no ram or reason
2: yeah and it's interesting too because i think both of those teams are pretty you know like quarterback wasn't even in the cards it wasn't like oh i like the majority i mean there were some people i saw who were like oh how could you pass on justin fields but that was like hardly anything close to a majority i don't even know if you could call it a vocal minority it was like very you know a very very few select amount of people and my thing with that is like i just think justin fields is falling for a reason just based on some of the things that i had heard about him prior to the draft and i look at how the bears have invested unwisely in different quarterbacks before and look it's possible they got it right this time i'm not going to say it's not i like justin fields the talent. In a vacuum, but I also don't know his evaluation fully above the shoulders, and that's really important to me, especially after going through. I just went through with Carson Wentz. Like that is the honestly. RJ, that was like one of the biggest reasons why I was so convinced Carson Wentz couldn't come back. Like I like, like this guy, everyone's talking about oh, we just have to get him fixed. Well, guess what, people? Carson Wentz didn't want to get fixed, at least like on someone else's terms, maybe on his own terms, but that's it wasn't gonna happen on his own terms. So if Justin Fields is similar to that, then I don't want anything to do with him. Um, even though maybe I'm overthinking it and it's very possible he could succeed for the Bears and everything. We're we're definitely gonna keep track of that. But I'm just saying, like, it's not this foregone conclusion to me that justin Fields is going to be awesome in the nfl
1: i agree with that i'm just saying like that hypothetical lurks and that's there's a lot
2: there's a lot of
1: like lurking things in that sense and that's the only way this giants trade isn't awesome right because they picked up a lot of draft capital they still got another wide receiver i said this i wrote about this and, and said it in a bunch of different places and i i told you i mean this with full and sincere you know just honesty and not in a rude way It was very obvious when the Cowboys were sitting at 10 that either the Eagles or Giants were going to walk away with Devontae Smith just because they were the two teams behind them. And so in trading with Philly, Dallas not only picked up a future draft or not a future draft pick, it was a draft pick this year, but they ensured that Devontae would go to Philadelphia as opposed to New York. And I think we, we talked about this at com. Every Cowboys fan would rather he go to the Eagles now versus the Giants now. And I again, I'm not saying the Eagles aren't going to turn this around quickly or whatever, but as, a, as far as their offensive, you know, cast go right now, New York's is better.
2: I don't know if that's. 100 true because there could have been a team let's say like the cardinals at 15 who because there was talk that they might have wanted to trade up for a receiver now they ended up taking a linebacker who wants to kill everyone but um uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is awesome by the way but uh i don't know it's it's possible another team was trying to to you know get up there to because they just gave up a like like when you go by the draft pick value chart i believe it was like 170 points the cowboys pick or sorry no like, like the difference between the uh I forget this. This is this is really bad. I can't do the math on the top of my head. But the point is the, the pick the Eagles gave up to go from where they up did from 10. twelve to ten was like that's an overpay and just in a vacuum, like the 84th overall pick, a third round pick. So they paid a steep price. So that could indicate, you know, there are other teams um who, you know, it was a competitive market to get to the Cowboys pick. And if the Cowboys really didn't want Devontae Smith in the NFCs, they probably could have avoided that happening potentially, but uh, it's, it's all right. It's going to be a decision. They uh, live to regret because is going to be awesome.
1: Best of both worlds though, in that he doesn't end up on the giants, the Cowboys still got their guy um, and they got a third round pick out of it, who they spent on Chauncey Goldstone, which again, he's definitely going to have like the game winning sack against the Eagles now at some point in the future, just because of that, Um,
2: you know, so
1: grades for the grades for the giants. They have my highest grade. And it's really more associated with future cap than anything. And that's because I didn't even consider the potential that it would, like, I mean, is this sounds stupid? I realize that this, but like, Fast forward a year, and this is your idea, but Daniel Jones, two first-rounders for Russell Wilson. That seems like, I mean, Seattle would have to take that. It's hard to imagine a better offer than that. Um, So I gave the Giants a 95 because I thought they, they, they had the best trade throughout the entire draft, honestly, and they capitalized on Chicago's weakness. It might blow up in their face. They still walked away with great value in the first two rounds, and they now have things in position to figure out if their quarterback is truly the guy. So it's a lot of wins in different ways.
2: I I was just thinking like throw Saquon Barkley in there. Maybe all you need to, to would to give to get Russell would be Saquon Barkley. Like I could just see like the Seahawks like you know like dumbly valuing him you know super highly, right. kind of like uh, David Johnson in the uh uh the Andre Hopkins trade. So. I don't know, but uh, I definitely think there's some likes to that. Like that's been mentioned in the past. Like I, there's different NFL insiders who have mentioned like Russell Winston wants to play in New York, and you, it's not hard to envision like because Russ has played in the Pacific Northwest, now he wants to play in a big market. And I, I said like he's he's played for the the Yankees um, like spring training team. Like, he was
1: originally a Texas Ranger, by the way. That's the team that okay. drafted him. So and then yeah. they
2: traded his rights to
1: the Yankees because he wants. But he played to be, for them a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he wants to be that guy. Like he wants to be. You know, Mr. Unlimited, and again, his wife and her line of work. Obviously, you know, being near New York City, you know, certainly yep. lends greater to her career and her aspirations than it does to be in Seattle. Uh, I mean, and he, like, he is totally the dude who would go to Yankees games like all the time. You know what I mean? Like, you, <laughs> yes. like tell t- and like oh, tell me he wouldn't be like immediate best friends with Aaron Judge. Like, he, he would be doing stuff all over the place, which is terrifying. Although, if you're talking about like. Russell Wilson next year with the Giants, like we're fast forwarding that long. like it's not as scary as a thing as I think we're making it out to be, but it's still not cool. And as long as Jason Garrett's there, I mean, you know, we're good
2: so that's kind of funny. It's not even necessarily about what the Giants did this year, which I think is is good, is fine, but it's the potential for the future that we're both scared about, which could also I mean Steve Yettelman. so he could also just like totally screw it up. like there's I could see a world where, like, oh, we're not going to trade for Russell Wilson. That's just not how we do things with the Giants, like okay thanks for that arbitrary reasoning <laughs> so your score i give them a 95 i give them an 83 um i was bored down i I, so I just felt like like how could i put them above the eagles cuz i think the eagles cuz if you you're talking about just the trade i mean the eagles arguably you know i mean depending how you want to factor the Wentz thing into it, which is kind of separate. But I mean, they made a trade too for a future pick. I just, I don't know. I didn't really love the Giants draft more than the Eagles. So I only have them one point different, but I have the Eagles at 84 and the Giants at uh, 83.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: Let me ask you this question now. Who wins an NFC East title sooner? The Eagles or the Giants?
2: Um, I think the Giants have the better chance just because of, I think the Eagles are on a timeline where they're still have a lot of roster holes and they have a lot of work to do, but. Uh, okay. So my, think- my, ne-
1: my next question is who's more likely hypothetically to get Russell Wilson next year?
2: because I think Philadelphia's yeah. in the market too. And they've
1: obviously long been connected to Russell Wilson. I mean, the Giants or the Eagles. So like, how are they the losers here to the Eagles of all teams?
2: Well, the Eagles do have the extra first-round pick. They could have three. So do the you know, Giants now. No, the Giants wouldn't have three. Well, Oh, you're saying but, the third, the
1: potential third, right? right, right. Yeah,
2: okay. let's say, let's say they, they get the one from the Colts, too. So they would have more to offer. They could outbid the Giants, is what I'm saying. But that might not matter because Russ has a no-trade clause. And he could say, oh, I don't want to go to the Eagles because I okay. only want to go to the New York Giants. So that's kind of the situation you would have to account for.
1: Interesting. Okay. Well, they did have our highest composite score, uh, 178 for the Giants, 174 for the Eagles, 161 for the Cowboys, the team that just edged Dallas out by one point. The Washington football team, the last team for us to discuss, their overall draft class. Always a great thing when you have three seventh rounders. Uh, Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, two Kentucky defenders joining the NFC East, by the way. Uh, three, actually. Uh, shout out to Quentin Bohana, uh, Sam Cosme, the tackle out of Texas, Benjamin Saint uh corner from Minnesota, Diami Brown, John Bates uh, had the really the fan that made the ridiculous, you know. Pomp and circumstance about the pick. Uh, Derek Forrest, Cameron Cheeseman, the long snacker. Uh, long, long snacker, long snacker. What a great at, fun. At 40 slip. Uh, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony. A uh, lot of people big on Shaka Tony. Uh, and Dax Milne from BYU. Um, I'll go first. This is a failure of a draft because they did not walk away with a quarterback. That's that's how that's where I stand. And, and I know that's like a huge, like hard take, but this we we've talked so like there's so much data that supports that defensive success year over year is the hardest thing to sustain right so you're already like assuming that their defense is going to regress. But beyond that, like it is going to be good or fairly good or really good. However you want to categorize it for the next like handful of years. Now is the time. Like now is the window. And sometimes, sometimes you can plan for the window in the NFL. Like it seems like, you know, right now the Jaguars and the jets and then maybe not the Niners, but certainly the Jaguars and jets are planning for their window. And sometimes the window arrives in unexpected fashion. Look at the Cowboys and Dak Prescott as an example. And some teams like the Cowboys botch it. And so Washington had their window their window arrived this off season because of the defensive success that they had because of their great draft last year. And so I don't know how they didn't do anything to, you know, take that into the future. I mean, they did they didn't do anything to accelerate this, that they're, they're just treading water here. I like we'll all have fun with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll probably beat the Eagles and the Cowboys once each, but still, I mean, like it is not something that is going to, like, if you put, um, I said this, you know, to stats, I think when we were talking, we were recording somewhere else. Like, I know you don't like him, but if you put Kirk Cousins, ironically, on Washington's roster, they're a Super Bowl contender. Like they don't oh my need, God. but like they don't no, they're need. Not. <laughs> okay. My-, my point is like, you'd simply need like the 15th to 16th quarterback in the NFL for this team to be true and legit contenders. Sometimes Ryan Fitzpatrick is that. But more often than not, certainly later on in the season, he's not. And so I can't believe that they didn't walk away with a quarterback. Like, that. that is a huge miss in my view.
2: I definitely agree with what you said about treading water. I was gonna say, like, they're just spinning their wheels. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the frustrating thing for them, I feel like in the long term. Like, when are they gonna figure it out? Because if it's not this year, when? Like when because they're not because presumably, you know, they're not gonna have a high pick next year. And it's not like they've made a move like the Giants and the Eagles now, who have these future first round picks in their own division to be equipped to you know make that move because let's say you know the giants are in a similar situation to where washington could be this year where like they're going to be too good to not get that top quarterback in the draft next year at least they have the extra first round pick to do something washington doesn't unless they're just really going to just mortgage everything after this year which is not impossible but again you might not be able to even doing that you might not be able to outbid everyone so i agree with you on the quarterback point um just looking at so like ignoring that part of it which you can't but i'm saying just looking at the, the picks that they did make i think it was they were fine um i think cosme was a really good addition for them because they needed uh an answer at left tackle and he's extremely athletic uh and then so you have a plug-and-play guy there that was kind of my worst fear like we talked about last week was that like Christian derisaw falling to them and them just like you know having him in there and putting him in as your left tackle plug-and-play um diami brown's an interesting one i feel like people are all over the board on him i think some people like really love him uh say he's like the best deep threat in the nation last year at the same time i've seen people who really also hate him and think he's totally overvalued and there's a lot of issues with drops there i mean why are you drafting a long snapper though or a long snacker, as you said like in the sixth uh, round ne- nevertheless like this is even like one of your final picks in the seventh round this is the sixth round like what are we doing when you're taking a long snapper uh, and also why how is cameron cheeseman not on the packers like that's a crime like we I- need that to happen <laughs>
1: I agree. Um, I forget his name. So apologies, but I saw the Panthers drafted a long snapper and I'm really not trying to pick on the kid uh, because congratulations. He's in the NFL, but they released like the secret phone call and they was ta- <laughs> he, he was talking, he, ta- he was talking to Matt rule and he was like, I can't wait to help you win. And it was like, okay, like that really is cool. But it's like, you're a, like, a, I'm not trying to belittle the position of long snapping, but like, you know, and, and, blogging the boys listeners are listen to this like i made a big old stink about the cowboys releasing lp ladis this this offseason but the reason for that was that they clearly released him so that he wouldn't surpass jason witten in terms of most games ever played by a cowboy which is like a whole that's that was my true like you know issue with it but anyway um uh, yeah i agree he should totally be on the packers the shock of tony pick uh really surprised that he fell all the way to the seventh round um you know it is what it is but you're right. Like the class is fine, but it, it is highlighted by what it lacks. And I, I'm happy about that. And the other thing is like, I mean, okay, you're you're right. They're going to be in the middle of the pack next year when it comes to drafting a quarterback, people look at like the successes and they look at the dolphins and they say, that's why you tank, right? Like that that's why you tank. So you build up all this capital. Like you look at the jets, like, oh, that's why you tank. And if they had tanked, right, they would have Trevor Lawrence, whatever, blah, blah. This is an example of why you tank, because if Washington had not had the pride to win the division or whatever, they would have had like a a top 10 pick or somewhere in, in much closer range to be able to jump up and get Justin Fields or whatever the case may be. So like also shout out to the Eagles and Doug Peterson for making this happen because Washington, by just being the least bad in 2020 with a quarterback that's not even on their roster anymore, who's now retired and Alex Smith. I mean, they really, really, really damaged their future. Like it's, it's a, people wanted the Cowboys to tank last year, but at the end of the day, Dak Prescott, I was going to come back. Like this, this was a team that absolutely had to tank because they have no future plan whatsoever. Yes, Heineke, whatever. I saw all the Hogshaven people going nuts about this. And I did want to bring this up to you, BLG, on the show. Uh, shout out to our friends at Hogshaven, Espination home for Washington football team content. They wrote an article yesterday, or, or not yesterday, Monday for the listener, that was titled Does Washington Now Have the Most Dangerous Offense in the NFC East? They really wrote this. And it, I mean, fine, fine, you know, writing skills. But like, how, how is this a, a question is my question.
2: I mean, I'm not as down on Washington as you are. I think they like the, you know, Fitzpatrick's going to have rough games. We all know that. But when he's on, he's freaking on. So like, they're going to have some games where they're probably going to crash or not cr- crush crush is there, uh, not crash, crush people. Um, you know, there's, there's Terry McLaurin. They added um, Curtis Samuel. They're adding Diami Brown, who apparently can get deep. Um, you know, there's there's pieces here. They fortified the trenches a little bit by adding Cosme. Um I think that article that you're referencing was definitely, I mean, I don't know if that was like fully, maybe it was, and I'm wrong, but it, it seemed like a little bit in jest like some of the things in there seemed like a little hyperbolic and like right. a little, like, you know, like, like trying to juice themselves up, which is fine. Fans are allowed to do that, especially this time of year. Sure this, sure, is, sure, this is the time of year to be excited. And maybe even irrationally. So, but uh seems like you're taking big offense to it. Cause you just think it's not even a question that the Cowboys are by far in a way ahead of everyone else. I want to put this out there now.
1: Um, who wins more games in 2021? The Washington football team or the Indianapolis Colts with Carson Wentz?
2: Uh, I'm going to say Washington football team.
1: See, I'll take Indy. Okay. I like that.
2: See, like, what's the bet?
1: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll <come up> with <laughs> but, something. Yeah, we'll come up with something. But um, so scores for Washington, just to mm-hmm. wrap it up, I gave them an 80. They were my lowest grade because again, they missed like, the, the the teams that had the worst draft and we we talk, we broke this down the explanation NFL show were the teams that collapsed and it came to the quarterback position right um, I think Carolina you know looks pretty silly like yeah they got Chasey Horn cool but like they passed on just they passed on an answer And Washington I. And that sounds really weird. I respect that Chicago said we're desperate. we're going to make a move. That is what Washington should have done uh because if you go out and you get Justin Fields or whoever and you have this talented roster, who cares if you don't have the twenty third overall pick next year? You've won your division, you're in the playoffs. everything's working out for you
2: so Washington really doesn't necessarily even need to trade up if they if let's say they let's change history here r j let's say Washington loses in well, I don't want to say week 17 necessarily because that changes the Eagles thing too, but let's just say, uh, they don't win the division and all of a sudden, instead of picking what 20th, they were they're at 12 no, or 11, yeah. sorry, 11 or whatever right. around there. Cause so the giants were 11th. They lost, it would have been the giants, you know, at 20 instead. So instead of the giants getting, you know, being able to trade down and picking up this future, first round pick it's Washington potentially just in position there to get Justin Fields for themselves. So, I mean, yeah to your point about like it hurts not to tank sometimes like potentially in a big way now i feel like sorry sorry to like expand on that if doug peterson
1: plays like you love what ifs i love what ifs but like if doug peterson plays his heart out or has the eagles play their heart out in week 17 uh maybe a he's still around b uh, maybe Zach Ertz doesn't hate yeah. the Eagles. Uh, yeah. See,
2: <laughs> but like, no, those things are not,
1: but see, so the, the giants beat the Cowboys that Sunday earlier that day, which was the, was the first of two things they needed for them to win the division. And mm-hmm. so, okay. So, Say we're still living in that reality, but say the Eagles just play their hearts out, whatever. And you know, they end up beating Washington, New York is the division champion. Like you said, they get smoked by the Buccaneers in the first round. It's fine. Um, and Washington is sitting at 11th and the giants players don't throw the stupidest fit of all time on Twitter that Sunday night, like, wow, this is so (laughs) lame, blah, blah. But, um, Washington drafts Justin Fields and you're right, New York. and, And so that impacts Chicago. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, New York isn't able to trade out and there's no way Washington's trading. And in fact, maybe we take it a step further. Maybe Chicago makes that offer to Dallas at 10 overall. Mm. And, you know, this is a really interesting what if like when you ultimately unwrap it. So Doug Peterson kind of caused this.
2: Yeah, it is interesting to so chaos Doug, uh, if you will. I it's really interesting to think to me about like what Washington has to have something up their sleeve eventually, right? Like they're I can't just like they have a plan, right? We can agree on that. Maybe it's not a good How? one. How can we agree on that? What evidence is there to suggest that? Well, we know, like I'm saying like we know they know that Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't their long term answer. They they don't think that. Like I'm we know. I don't, they don't even know that, that I think
1: that they don't think that. Like I All right, I think come
2: on. But like, one year deal, he's might, old.
1: But they might think, like, we'll just keep doing this, like, we'll just keep mm. winning with average quarterbacks. Like, the, Ron Rivera was on the 85 Bears, like, he and he's grew up the Bears way, like, this. I and mean, yeah, but they him too. yeah, he was probably like, This is so weird having this awesome offense. Like, I want to get back to a day and age where like my defense carries me, mm. and you know, they have a lot of defensive talent, but like, they are just pissing it away with how they're just going to let everybody age and they're going to get to chase young's extension. I mean, because that's going to be here before we know it, and they're not going to have an established quarterback or even a, a promising quarterback to look after.
2: You're ignoring the Snyder factor though. And you know, Snyder has been, you know, aggressive to get quarterbacks, RG three you look at uh, Dwayne Haskins was like his pick apparently as Jay Gruden once said, he like came off the yacht like to make that pick. Like, you know, so maybe not necessarily going to be the best decision for the Washington football team, but at some point, I mean, he, like, I know, I think Rivera has had more influence there, but I don't think he's shutting out Snyder like, especially when it comes to the most important position. I think eventually Snyder is going to be like, we need to get this guy. Like he's going to have a guy at some point and that's who they're going to want. I don't think it's just going to be content with cycling through. I think they're going to have to identify someone at some point and, I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know when that's going to be, but I feel like it's coming. I, I guess, I guess what they're thinking is like someone will come along kind of like this off season. Um, you know, you could say for the Rams, you know, Stafford was available. Um, Carson Wentz, no one thought he was going to be available you know, before last season. So I guess they feel like maybe something will come up, but that's not a good strategy. You can't just hope that's going to happen. Like I, I would not count on that, but I guess that's where they're at.
1: We haven't really mentioned this. We talked about Russell Wilson. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is, is out there in the abyss (laughs) that would really suck uh, so much. Just unbelievably. But like, I also think, I don't think anybody wants to go to the Washington football team. That's the problem. I I mean, like, and I, I mean, I, I think Russell is, is an option if, if he wanted to, but I don't, I just, I can't imagine picking Washington over New York. And I don't Mm -hmm. think any of those quarterbacks would do that. Um, and I, and that's why, like, the Ryan Fitzpatrick decision is going to haunt them. I really think that. I mean, he's going to win them a couple games. They're going to have a nice, you know, a couple of Sundays, some great memes on Twitter and stuff. But they should have there should have been a, a higher, you know, a more concentrated effort at getting somebody in this offseason because they pigeonholed themselves then in the draft, and then they still left themselves blank. Like, they have nothing to work with. What are they going to do? Like, Miami had Tua to turn to, right? Like, they're going to turn to Heineke in the season? Really? Like Maybe. I mean, that's a horrible plan. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm happy about it, but it's a horrible plan.
2: It is. Like, it's just, it's, it's, un, it's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not uncomforting, dissettling, un, discomforting. Disconcerting is the word. Disconcerting. You're looking for. It's just like, how do you, cause you, it's just a weird feeling. Cause I just, I'm trying to imagine a Washington fan like feeling reasonably excited about this season. Like, they shouldn't be like, they shouldn't go into the season being like, oh man, this season, like, uh, Great. Like, no, they should go into the season being like, wow, we won last year. Uh, we have a quarterback who might be able to help us win now. And like, like, forget Ryan Fitzpatrick's faults for a second. He's a fun player to watch. Like, he is. He just is. Like he's an entertaining player because like the high high, it's exciting. Um, so but at the same time, you're like, well, we don't have that long-term answer. So when are we gonna get it fixed? So it's a weird feeling. We have to have uh someone from Hogshaven on eventually in the near future, I guess, to talk about that.
1: Last question before we get out of here, BLG. Um the draft is over.
2: Who's the division favorite in all seriousness? I'm going to say Washington still. I think I've, dare you? that's been How my dare you? answer. Well, I just think. You they just the trashed
1: their whole quarterback situation.
2: Oh, long term. Yeah, but I think short term, they have enough here with that defense. And I think the coaching, they have the best combination of coaching and quarterback in the division. And that is accounting for the Cowboys offensive line being uncertain. And they didn't do anything to address it. And also not just assuming that Dak Prescott is going to be a hundred percent the same player he was last year coming off a major injury. Like there's, there's different factors here. I think you're, you're just assuming the Cowboys are going to, going to run through the East. And that's just, you know, that's not always how it works. The assumption I'm making is
1: two years ago in 2019, the Cowboys lost an absurd number of one possession games. I think it was seven, I think. Um, and so, that's something that generally we see regression on a lot year to year as well, right? And and the Cowboys sure. were like like that. It it doesn't necessarily regress like to the opposite extreme, but at least like regresses to the mean. And like they never even had the opportunity for that to happen last year. Like I do think that there will be some like normalized stabilization for the Cowboys. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl, but I think they're certainly a favorite to. They they are the favorite to win the NFC East. I think that Washington second. I think New York is third. I think Philly is fourth. I also think we've talked so much about, like, nightmare scenarios. We didn't even mention this, but, like, if Daniel Jones is good, that would also really suck because then then the Giants could use that capital on other things, and they would have, like, realized that they have a legitimate franchise quarterback. That would be not
2: cool. Or you could say the same thing for Jalen Hurts. Like, Jalen Hurts is really good, and all of a sudden the Eagles have, like, two additional first round picks. They don't have to trade for a quarterback. And they can just, yeah. Two, two well, well, two, yeah. So right? their own. Yeah. And then, and then the two additional, like, I mean, it's pretty good, pretty good deal to have three first round picks. So mm. yeah, that's, that's, those are the big, I mean, now again, I think we both think those things aren't the likelihood They like if we're leaning towards one way or the other, we think it's not likely they'll, that'll be the case. But those, I guess when you're looking at X factors, those are the two guys, right? The two biggest X factors in the division, Daniel Jones and Jalen Hurts. That's true.
1: Okay. Um, any final thoughts? these are literally the closing seconds, B L G. So you can say whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. Devante Smith owns. Um, the fact that he chose word number six makes me fully realize that it's not going to work out for him. I I wish him nothing but personal success, but Hall of Fame
2: career upcoming with number six. Are you kidding me? That's the number he's dominated with in college.
1: Again, also a bit of a liar, you know, like, Oh, I'm all into Philly cheese sticks. Now when I begged him to talk about that and he said he had no interest in them whatsoever. So uh, please keep doubting him. Please. just just, just, Hey, this is a fact he lied. I mean, so just thrives on it just know that you were lied to um okay cool uh the third volume of the nsc east mixtape is officially in the vault volume four coming next week check out bleedinggreennation.com blog and subscribe to each podcast feed like blg says go to the opposite podcast feed leave a review leave a rating be kind in the ratings but in the reviews if you want to say something like that team sucks and your team is better certainly do that uh we appreciate everybody blg fun as always we'll see y'all next week